0: Welcome to the Night Shift Football Podcast. I'm joined by Tommy on the other side of the internet once again. I thought we were going to have a, uh, a good, like, uh, an accompanying cricket match to kind of run through as like as we were recording tonight. Australia were playing, but they've already won because apparently they're not shit at fake cricket anymore and they're good at it. Um, you know who is shit, though? Daniel Sturridge. Isn't he?
1: I'm shocked, actually, by the Australian cricket score. Is it over? Yeah, I know no, they are not a cricket pod.
0: No, they already... Yeah, I know. I wasn't sure. I wasn't going to say it because we're not a cricket pod, but it was on tonight. I thought it'd be good to have on in the background. I could be like, oh, yeah, I just, just got a wicket. Oh, I just hit a six. But it's all over. They won. They got Bangladesh all out for 70-something, hit the runs already. Uh, okay. Yeah, sure. game over. Does that mean yeah. they go through? Uh, probably. They still okay. have to beat the West Indies. South Africa would have to beat England for us to be knocked out. It's neither here nor there. Uh <laughs> You wanted to hang some crap on uh, Daniel Sturridge for some random reason today. Uh, Daniel Sturridge. I thought he was going to embrace Australian
1: lifestyle, culture, Mm -hmm. draconian lockdown measures. But no, he tweeted today, still can't get my head around why I have to quarantine for 15 days. Incorrect. He doesn't have to quarantine for 15 days. Nonetheless, when I'm COVID free and vaccinated, I've literally been in my room for a week so far and took two COVID tests. I have antibodies. Rules are rules, but I can't make sense of this. See you in eight days. Daniel think, Sturridge. Yeah, what do you
0: think? I think everyone should leave something out on their front doors, like on that. You know, when people left like cricket bats out for Phil Hughes and stuff like that. Like people should put something out the front for Daniel Sturridge in this tough time.
1: Definitely I don't know what. What's like
0: a maybe a tissue box? Um, are you implying he's doing lots of something while in? Hotel lockdown. Whinging, other Um, than whinging. Yeah, crying. Um, I don't know. The three Ws. Uh, He is in WA though, so are they like more stricter than ours? I don't know. Isn't he in WA? Yeah, Yeah, he's in WA, head of the a season. Basically a different country.
1: Essentially, yeah. I mean, they did try to secede a while ago, and maybe this is a good (laughs)
0: opportunity for us just to cut them out. They're so far away. They should just stay, you know, just be their own thing. Perth.
1: There's going to be no mining royalties anymore, so we don't actually
0: need them. Republic of Perth. The Republic of um, Perth. So, is that your, you're happy now? Like, are we able to move on with the actual no, pod or are you still, a, you wanna? I just, I think it's a
1: fascinating insight into the mind of a millionaire, yeah, isn't it? Slowly going crazy tweet by tweet. And his Twitter account is one to follow for the next eight days. Yeah. I think he's gonna get to, he's gonna get to Andrew Bogut levels of right wing edgelord. <laughs> it should be great.
0: Edgelord. I don't know if I was a millionaire. I don't know if I'd be too upset about no. a couple of weeks in a hotel. Like, surely he Best can get like someone Earth. can bring him a like a bring him a PlayStation. He can play or, FIFA or something, or he can uh, know, you know a treadmill. He, he can do not. something. Yeah, a skipping rope. <laughs> Good. A skipping rope. I've decided. I like All right. that. Actually, injury prone, uh, though. Go out now, everyone and put a skipping rope out the front. As soon as you hear this, put a skipping rope out the front for Daniel Sturridge. All right. (laughs) Skips for studs. Yeah. All right. Getting on to some actual football stuff. You read an interesting article this week by our boy Jonathan Wilson from, is he from The Guardian? He is, isn't he? He is. He is. We should just announce our sponsorship uh, with The Guardian. Um. (laughs) I wish. Um, But yeah, this article about AI, handball... Stuff. I'll let you take it away because you seem to have the ropes on this.
1: Lovely. You just had the keywords in there. AI handle. Yep. Stuff. Google so, search.
0: Just, AI handle. To pull it together. Jonathan Wilson. Thomas Jonathan Wilson.
1: Go. Uh, so there's there's tech, technological advancements in the works with AI every day, and we're looking at AI now in really sort of like practical everyday uses, like things that we can see and things that we're going to relatively use. They've been using AI to mark essays, like student essays, because they feel when you mark university essays, there's too much left to interpretation. And if there's too much left to interpretation, then they enforce like rubrics, which you would know all about. Yeah, And then rubrics become kind of just like a box ticking exercise. And so students can sort of game their way to make sure they hit all of the points but never actually make a substantial argument. Anyway, a researcher, the person that was working on uh, this thing called No Marking Essays, the technology with the AI, she thought it was a really good idea to apply it to the handball rule because she saw a lot of similarities in the subjectiveness and the gray area on which we adjudicate it. Crossed. Yeah. Really, I thought it was a really tenuous link as well, but this article details just like like how resonant it is and how close it is to being such a similar thing, because what they did with the essays is they took a panel of stakeholders to mark the initial data, and then you feed that data into the AI and then the AI sorts out the data basically per the rules that you try to apply to it from the outset. And so in the article, it says referees, managers, players, journalists, fans show them a series of pairs of handball incidences or incidents, and ask them to judge which one is more deserving of a free kick. A consensus consensus would be built. Some incidents would obviously be handballs and some would obviously not, while others would be less clear cut. That would at the very least refine the discussion using practical examples, verbal descriptions, and then you can be used to amend the law to make better inputs to the algorithm that would then deliver better results based upon the the incidents we were seeing of the handball. And so that is a really quick, Crash Course Guide and how AI Handball would work.
0: Well, then, um, luckily, the Handball rule is already very, very simple. And therefore, that there should be no problems with that at all, should there? Exactly. The article, di- it,
1: the Handball rule used to be 13 words long, and now it's yep. 286 with a diagram. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And people still don't know what it is. No, and uh, that's exactly it. And with VAR, VAR hasn't cleared up handball at all. It's probably made it more blatant my, uh, that we don't know what it is.
0: My fear would be that AI, an AI that's smart enough to get handball right uh, would take over the world. <laughs> if, it's, if it's smart enough to work out handball when we don't even know and referees don't know and players don't know, <laughs> you know this thing is going to be a superpower. So let's, we should probably leave that alone.
1: I agree. That's the one that'll build us up and take us down for sure. Just Could um, you imagine
0: the the utopia
1: we would live in if we knew what handball was.
0: Ah, oh, we can only dream of it. We can only dream of it. Um I was the just going to say like uh, not football related but on the AI thing, um I guess it's not really AI I guess, but um like they're looking at introducing more and more kind of digital umpiring and stuff into like baseball and other sports. mm mm-hmm. Mhm. 'Cause like they're just sure. we're trying to take the human error out of it, but I'm not convinced. I'm still pretty torn with it. I guess it's useful in some times, but um Do you think yeah.
1: do you think with baseball it would make sense to do it for strike zones? Like it just
0: they want to do it for the strike obvious. zones. Um I don't think it I think that's a good idea. And then you'd end up with you'd still need a home plate umpire anyway. For sure. Yeah, I agree. Um, to call things. So yeah, because someone's yeah. got to call the, the the runs and stuff when it comes through, yeah, yeah. Too. Um, things like that. Uh, I don't know. So, I guess that's baseball. So it doesn't really matter. But I know it's there's like everything, isn't it? There's a pretty <laughs> people people get pretty staunch in their defensive, like uh, bringing electronics into sport. You know, just letting letting humans control the game. We've done it for a couple hundred years. We can do it more. So
1: well. On that, in perfect reactionary Luddite behavior, uh, Gramio, yeah. second bottom of the Brazilian Serie A, it's yep. pronounced the same as the Italian one, I imagine so. Yeah, I guess so. Uh, they fell to a late penalty, which was, uh, had to be VAR reinforced. But then on top of that, uh, they were denied an extra time equalizer against second-placed Palmeiras. Yep. Look, whether or not the decisions were right or wrong, uh, the reaction, a field rush <laughs> by aggrieved fans yeah who proceeded to destroy the on-field equipment um, in protest of VAR and everything that we've
0: just advocated for perhaps. <laughs> yeah. Um, this thing goes on in like lower levels of football where... Crowd numbers can just kind of every now and again, especially in places like Brazil and Argentina. Crowds, if a group of blokes decide they want to do something, they're just going to do it. If that means storming a press conference of their president and like kicking him out of the club, they'll do it. If it means uh, storming the training ground to get a player out, they'll do it. If it <laughs> means, there. and now if it means storming the field and destroying the, what do we call it? The VAR lab. I suppose, <laughs> the yeah. VAR equipment. <laughs> We we'll call it the lab, the VAR lab, the VAR um, tower, the VAR tower. Uh, if you have any like laptops or anything like that at home, place it out the front of your house, out the front of your door, <laughs> in honor of the fallen VAR lab at Gremio in Brazil. Um, basically, this is just like I saw a lot of debate about this during the week. People talking about whether this is like, um, you know, it brings up this debate about whether or not VAR is actually good for football or not. And I was like, this, this. Has nothing to do with whether VAR is good for football or not. This is just a bunch of dickheads ruining stuff.
1: Yeah, I think the question is were they doing this before VAR? Yeah, they were doing this before VAR. So yeah,
0: just not to VAR stuff, just to other things. No. Yeah.
1: yeah, just to other things, each other, or yeah. the stadium, or yeah, you know. yeah. You're true. It's um, it kind of it just it resonates in different footballing cultures. This kind of fair behaviour. Look, I'm not for or against it. I think it's a funny spectacle. Yep. Um, I think what was most telling this week uh, in, in Australian media across the whole everything, across Murdoch, Nine Fairfax, all of that shit, the most reported football story this week was the Grêmio fans destroying the VAR setup. <laughs> and so when we look at it from our perspective, where our crowds have been subdued to the point where Active support is not allowed. Basically, I mean, it's coming back, but yeah, it's not like the old RBB North Terrace. Says. There is, you know, a different kind of we don't, you know, and we don't really protest about stuff, and we don't really. But then you look at other cultures who are very uh, outward and not not violent, but just you know they show their power through physical means and we kind of look at that sort of stuff and think oh that's not right that's inappropriate they shouldn't be doing that but i don't know if they have a genuine protest
0: i'm not against breaking shit i think you're out of your mind there a little bit (laughs) like there's having your protests and being physical and there's flat-out violence which they're pretty well known for parts of brazil so we don't ever want to be advocating for that sort of crap but no, but I mean it's um it's just it's it's just a function
1: of, well, what, of their like, society.
0: Yeah, yeah, it is. But what sort of like I don't know what they're hoping to gain from I guess just they just feel good after smashing the VAR equipment. Like
1: they feel good after, but it it, it renders like this international recognition and it it promotes the discussion of how do we feel about VAR in football. It's yeah. a protest, is what it is. Yeah, it is,
0: yeah. Um I don't know. They're, it just uh, the attention will quickly go away from them when a bunch Hell of yeah. French French people start throwing things at players next weekend or something like that. So <laughs> it'll disappear. And Gremio are probably going to get relegated, so that'll be the end of them as well. So that's true. Yeah, um, they, they look gone. <laughs> moving across from South America, um, Champions League this week. We're going to talk about some football soon, some actual football games. Um, but you. Had a bit of beef with the stand use uh, Champions League coverage.
1: Not so much beef, actually. I, I got um, I got like a two week trial through some yep. brand associate or whatever, and so yeah, I was tuning in. I just thought it was funny because it's basically uh, UK podcasters getting a TV gig overseas. Like yeah. this morning, it's it's Max Rushton hosting, who is in the Guardian Football Weekly. Yep, and he on he had on today's show Jonathan Wilson. He essentially picks his crew, doesn't he? He picks. All of his overseas
0: correspondence. So he had. There was a yeah. Sorry, there was a an episode of Football Weekly where he was talking about they were talking about who he was going to pick next, and how he hasn't chosen Barry yet. (laughs) He
1: hasn't, which is probably Uh, a great
0: idea. (laughs) But yeah, anyway, sorry to cut you off. No, no, I was no. It's great because he had on today,
1: um, Lars Sivertsen, and also um, bloody Andy Brassel from the
0: Ramble. No, they're all excellent. He, I think, BT uh, works for BT Sport as well in the UK. Yes, on television, yeah, he does so. Yeah, yeah.
1: Um, you know, in in an alternate reality, you and I would be on BT Sports right now waxing lyrical <laughs> about like fans bashing referees, like
0: yeah, <laughs> and VAR equipment, <laughs> and putting your skipping ropes out for Daniel Sturridge. Um, <laughs> no, that You're is missing out. It is good um, because I guess. Uh, you and I are pretty heavy listeners to uh, Football Weekly. I think you listen to them more than me. I'm more of a, I listen to a lot of football ramble um, mm. and I enjoy those guys. So it's great to have them on the stand coverage. Uh, my trial ran out. So I stuck with the YouTube highlights at this point until I can afford the uh, oh. the subscription. But uh, well, twofold that you
1: know, what, what this is offering is probably I'll wait for
0: the knockout rounds.
1: Yeah, that's probably a good idea. But what what it's doing is it's offering like the most concise, but comprehensive football analysis maybe we've ever seen on Australian television. You know, interwoven with Bosnich at times, which doesn't yeah. make any sense because you've got Craig yeah. Foster there, who is actually a genius. Yeah, and then you've got cops. I hate his...
0: Craig Foster. Mm, hmm. He I does think mostly he's... unwarranted. He's vocal about his
1: personal values, and yeah. that's why he cops shit. And you're going to, and I think he understands that, but when he talks about football, he knows what he's talking about. Like, there's no doubt about that. Um, But yeah, at the same time, the stand sport coverage itself is terrible. They have no idea how to arrange a highlights package. It's just, it, it cuts out some, sometimes halfway through replays and you just, it's sometimes the games that you like the, the periods out of
0: time within the match. Yes. I've, um, watched uh blah, 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 blah. <laughs> i've watched uh most of the all right buzzer most of my tamers league content this year i've kind of caught through youtube clips on the Stan sport channel because it's cool that they are posting the highlights up there but it's an editing True. mess and the comments on youtube back that up um they i saw some other complaints people complaining about um when they watch games on stand at halftime sometimes there's just like they will be like just like highlights running with like no noise, no sound over it, and I was like, it's not really like." If you think about it, when you watch the Premier League on the weekend on Optus, not every game has halftime chat. There's only one commentator there, and he's not going to talk at halftime um, unless you're watching like the main game that they're broadcasting, like with the the panel. You're not going to get anything at halftime. It's going to get ads and highlights. Um, it's the same on like. Uh, when you watch games on BN Sports sometimes, especially if you watch like Scottish Premier League, halftime, sometimes it'll just be like, just be like the camera on the ground and there'll yeah. be no sound. You're just waiting for the broadcast to kick back in. Like, is it that big a deal? Like, if you're able think- to watch the game itself and there's commentary, sure, they could get better, but I don't think it's um, as big a nightmare as people are saying it is. In that respect, it, I kind of like it because it throws me back to the old Satanta days.
1: And- yeah. That was exactly the same thing. You would get 15 minutes of just that one view of the stadium, the long shot on the on the roof. And there was just something, I don't know, it became something cool about it because you would see the fans filing in and
0: out and you'd hear the noise from the spectators, <laughs> so, some of them talking about the first half performance. <laughs> it's a throwback to like uh, being at the Rosemont at like 6 a.m. Yes. And it's like trying to get through halftime is like struggle town and there's just like nothing on TV and you just kind of sit there like dulled out. Uh, yeah. kind
1: of swaying like oh yeah.
0: jesus christ the sun's coming up you're like what have i done not again all right let's cover some actual football games hey football yeah there we was talk a lot about of football. Some actual football games yeah we'll start with um was it i think it was the first game of the english first division this weekend True uh, that. leicester at home to arsenal you caught this one i didn't what you got who
1: had this multi-buster? And mm. every time every time I lose a multi on the first game of the Premier League, the early game, your voice rings in my ears. Do not ruin your multi <laughs> on the first game yeah. of the weekend. Yeah, it, just, well, it, it totally threw me.
0: Yeah, my multis just get ruined at some point anyway, so it doesn't really matter. Might as well get ruined <laughs> in the first leg.
1: Nonetheless, Arsenal, very impressive in the first 30 minutes. And uh, the two-goal onslaught, well-deserved. Um, Smith-Rowe scores again. You know, there's just... There's, there's, you're starting to fire. Arsenal's starting to fire. It looks like there's yeah. a cohesiveness about them now.
0: They... Um, I guess... I don't know. It's really hard to judge this fairly um, in relation to actual Arsenal fans because they're just so irrational sometimes. Oh, <laughs> like, probably the most. So, <laughs> Like, you lose a game, the world is ending, everything's fucked they're just shit sack everyone win a game and they're back and blah, 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 blah. And like, it's just so dramatic all the time. Um, you know, they're going all right. I kind of where they are at the moment is what I kind of predicted they would be this year. I thought um, struggle against the real big teams, which they did and have, and then just find their gear. And when they can string, you know, they can string a good run of games together. Um, they'll probably have another month or two at some point this season Where they're dog shit again? Um, Of course, that's just how it goes. It's the ebbs and flows of a like you know eight month, nine month football season.
1: And and being um, you know, I I say mediocre, but you're on the Arsenal on the better of the mediocre side. But that's that's what happens. You go through yeah, yeah, you go through fits and starts. Yeah, it's a a young team with huge potential. Um, But you know, on that performance, it was really saved in the second half by Ramsdale. He just. Yeah. The, every, I mean, I remember this tweet going around where it compared Man United's expenditure and they got, you know, Ronaldo, Varane, Sancho. And then they did Arsenal's expenditure, which was the same. And they're quoting like Ben White and also oh, Benjamin White, as he prefers to be called, um, Ramsdale, and uh, the midfielder who's come good and his name escapes me now. Smith Rowe? No, no, no. La Conga. The one, La Conga, Yeah. La, Conga. La Conga, Who had another really, really good game. Yep. And I just, it just, it looks hilarious to me because these guys are clicking all of a sudden and, you know, like I said, they had to withstand the pressure and Lester went very close multiple times. Vardy missed a really, really clear cut header inside the box yep. free, you know, that it looked like usually on most days he would score. So luck was shining, but there was this, um, there was this double save by Ramsdale at the end of the first half, which was just exquisite. He's he looks like a phenomenal yeah. signing.
0: He's been great. I saw a post today about Arsenal's Player of the Month, and I think the nominations were like Ramsdale, Gabriel. There was I think Smith Rowe and someone else. I didn't I didn't click on it and read it. Um, but yeah, the the back two, Gabriel and Ben White, have been excellent the last month. Um, Ramsdale has been excellent too, and then Smith Rowe is just kind of. I heard some stats this week. Smith Rowe has more goals than he did the entire last season already. He has more oh, shots nice. on target than his, than the entire last season already and more chances created than his entire last season already. So um, he's getting the game time and he's proving the goods at the moment. Um, it'd be great to see if they can find a way to keep him and Odegaard and the team together and kind of work off each other. That'd be interesting. That's true. But, yeah. That
1: is the sticking point right now because Odegaard was on the bench for yeah. this game. Does it matter um, that much if you? No, it doesn't matter Arsenal, that much. No, it
0: doesn't. Um, it seems like you have two styles that, you can flick to. That they played the same style anyway with Lacazette playing mm. in as kind of a ten, which I've never seen mm-hmm. him do until recently. But he's always been really good at holding the ball. I guess um, he's just doing that kind of role again, but just a little bit deeper. Yeah. Yeah.
1: No, I thought it was. It worked effectively for sure.
0: Yeah. All right. Um, the game after that. I was home in time for this one. I saw this, um, Liverpool at home to Brighton. Um, incredible, really, uh, <laughs> two, all draw. I thought uh, it looked like Liverpool were going to run away with this and absolutely spank them when they were, they were nil up and then they had a third that was disallowed for handball, which it was handball. So it kind of makes me wonder why he even bothered celebrating when he knew it, hit his arm, like <laughs> wake up dumb, dumb. But, uh, Mo Salah kept reasonably quiet in this one. Salah did get an assist, but the Brighton left back, can't remember his name, did a a pretty good job. Brighton as a whole did a really good job. Uh, We say it every week, I think about Brighton, but a well-coached team. Uh, They scored an absolute wonder goal as well and uh, a well-deserved point at Anfield.
1: Hell yeah. I mean, there was was like an alternate discussion as to why Graham Potter's name has still not ever been thrown around for one of the, you know, the, the Super League club jobs. And, I think ultimately they came to the decision. He's just well backed by his chairman. He's in a really good position right now where he has a an affectionate relationship with his boss and he basically gives him whatever he needs. And Potter yep. goes out and achieves. Look what he's achieving now. Who yeah. would have had Brighton in the top six after fucking 10 games? It's unreal.
0: Yeah. Um, and this is a, this is a great performance. Yeah. Brilliant performance. Um, they were worth every bit of their draw. Um, mm-hmm. I was just going to, I don't know if you had anything else on that game. I was just going to mention Liverpool in uh, the Champions League kind of just getting it done at the moment.
1: I was going to say with Brighton, the um, uh, the the goal, Enoch uh, and Wepu's goal, oh my Lord, Yeah, that was unreal. Learning. Goal of the weekend without a yeah. shadow of a doubt.
0: Like the Tillemans goal from a few weeks ago, but further back. Exactly, yeah. yeah. It had it kind of had less
1: curl. I kind of like Tillemans more because it looked like he deliberately hit the ball in a way that it was going to curl into the corner, whereas yeah. um, Enoch just caught Allison Over. off his line.
0: Yeah, but just yeah. a beautiful
1: hit, great strike.
0: Yeah, and um, while we're on Liverpool, I guess yeah, I was just going to mention their Champions League at the moment. There's not really a lot to say about it. They're just going about their business, strutting around. They're just getting the job done, steamrolling everything. Yeah, Cruz
1: uh, Like great goal, um, the Jota goal. What
0: was it yeah. Salah that provided the assist? Just Salah got both uh no uh, Alexander Arnold, I think, both assists oh, that- this morning. Yeah. Yeah, it was yeah, Alexander yeah. Arnold, that ball, he does. He's kind of like known for it already. That's his thing. Um, even though lots of people can play crosses. But um, you know, if you don't defend them though, like when you watch it, you know, I hate kind of taking away from a goal by talking about the defending, but you know, for Diego Simeone's side, he'd be pretty annoyed at that one. It wasn't great. That's a good conversation.
1: Does it take away from a goal if you if the defender is or the defensive effort
0: isn't you know up to standard? Maybe. No, I don't think so. But it's just it depends on your perspective when you're looking at it. Like I know that Atletico would be looking at it. You can look at it and say brilliant ball, uh, from an Atletico point of view. You're like the the dude that's flat footed and just loses jota behind him, and he's just yeah. in between two defenders. Pretty poor. You don't see it a lot from a Simeone side. So yeah. No. Have you
1: heard the rumblings in Spain about the Simeone side has maybe been overcoached? Now it, he's just run his race. There's no more he can extract out of this team.
0: I don't know. They're quick to jump on people, aren't they? Because he of did course, win the league. Yeah. He's the current defending La Liga champion. So, yeah. Um, moving on. <laughs> I've been waiting for this one, but uh, Nuno <laughs> gone. No, no, um,
1: speaking of quick to jump on people's backs
0: <laughs> speaking of quick to jump on people's backs Nuno out the door um what a surprise that Spurs seventh choice manager didn't work out <laughs> can we name all six before him no <laughs> what a surprise but uh now they've ended up with Conte though
1: what a up. who would have thought after this disastrous 18 months for Tottenham Hotspur they still have Harry Kane and now they have Antonio Conte
0: as their manager it says a lot about uh, Daniel Levy, I think having Harry Kane still he's won. Should, be, should not be he won there, the No, should God be no. gone um, this is that thing Daniel Levy does where he tries to think he's like some sort of football director and he doesn't need one and then he plays as it, well then he'll get a football director in and uh, I think Luke Moore was saying it on the Football Ramble show, but how he'll, they'll get a football director in and he'll interfere with everything anyway um, just like you're the money man. Just piss off and let someone run the club for you. Like, Precisely. Or someone take care of the football for you. You run the club. Let someone take care of the football. Um, but Conte, there's a pickup. Huge signing. Do you think he's bigger than the club? Yeah. Yeah.
1: Is that not a bad he's foundation? He's one more to than Tottenham him? ever has. That's true. That's not, it can't be good for, you know, a club to position themselves as lower than the manager from the outset. Like, it didn't feel like that with Mourinho. It kind of felt like Mourinho was going there one last chance to save his English reputation, and he yeah. didn't do it.
0: <laughs> yeah, I don't know. 18-month um, deal as
1: well, so he's not there for the long term.
0: Like, he doesn't need long usually, Conte. That's the thing. Like, he, his record of quick turnarounds is pretty big. Like, jumped in at Chelsea, bang, done. Jumped in at Juve, bang, done. Jumped in at Inter, bang, won the league. Um it's what he does jump in at Spurs, probably not going to win the league. <laughs> I don't think he's going to win the league. He'll do very well to finish top four, to be honest yeah. with you. Well, I think he's um, you know, they're not that far off still. And he is the sort of manager that can turn like uh you know the average, lift the average player up to be the level they need to be. So who knows? Bit of a watch the space, see how it goes. Kind of, ex- I'd be more, ex- I'd be really excited about Conte being in the Premier League again if it wasn't for it being at Spurs. Yeah, I mean, I think the Spurs side look
1: well suited to a 5-3-2 as well. Yeah, they could possibly take the league by storm over the next five months, <laughs> which would be excruciating. Personally, yeah, I doubt it. Um, did you see? Did you see who the Athletic were linking him to uh, for his first signings in January? No. Um, so. This is just rumours. He's going to be given a hundred million dollars, a hundred million pounds to fix recruitment, basically. You know, because throwing money at a problem is always a good idea. Yeah. Hi, Renato. Uh, Reportedly, his first three signings eyed off are Victor Moses, 30 years old, Arturo Vidal, 34 years old, and Fabio Quagliaria. Quagliarella. Oh, I was close. I was so close. 38 Fabio years Quag-
0: old. Qualiarella is a goal-scoring machine, but he's not winning your things. Now. Um,
1: look, I, I just, what what else, what is he going to spend the other 99 million pounds on?
0: <laughs> I would <laughs> just get Qualiarella just for the fun of it. But that's... Just uh, for the shits. Yeah. Just shits and gigs. That's my inner Syria lover coming out. Um, Do you reckon so, he'd score goals in the Prem or not? <laughs> Probably not. Nah, he's... <laughs> he, he does, on occasion, still score goals for, for I think he's a Sampdoria. Um, but they're few and far between now at his age. He's just kind of still there because he's low wages and just gets about a bit of a leader. Um, so, yeah, the Spurs sacking of Nuno comes on the back of a bit of a pumping to United. Uh, did you have anything you wanted to mention on Man United from either the weekend or the Champions League this week? <sighs>
1: Do we need to go over it again? They're just they're stuck in this holding pattern of delivering a performance that gets Ollie out of the shit for long yep. enough for him to master class of performance that drops himself back in it.
0: Yeah. It's some point it's like, this week.
1: Yeah, it's yeah. almost like Ronaldo is primarily employed to continue the Olly banter era.
0: Yeah. Um just the continuous like the memes on Facebook about Ronaldo. Saving Ollie's job, and like <laughs> that photo of like Harry Maguire in uh, in Bergamo during the week. Harry Maguire and Luke Shaw, I think, looking pretty miserable while Ronaldo celebrates the goal. It's like, <laughs> you know, we're trying to get Ollie sacked, and here you are banging in absolute rippers. Like that was a ripper too, that volley, and their the first second goal, one, Yeah, their first goal was also excellent. Um, yeah, I feel for Atalanta there. They're on the verge of a big three points at home there.
1: Oh, dude, they were better than United in both games. They must be wondering how on earth they've only got a single point out of the two Champions League fixtures with them. Because yeah, they could have won home and away.
0: It's so disappointing yeah. for them. Yeah. Um, nothing else on United. We've been over it a lot last few weeks. Yeah, it's just you know Ronaldo looks like both
1: like the the arsonist and the fireman. He's, you know, the problem, and then he is the solution to his own problem and it's i had a conversation had a good conversation with the housemate about it and you know there's lots of people that look at Renato and see and the headlines read the same thing Renato heroics Renato the the savior Renato the this and that but i i don't know i get the impression if they had just signed the midfielder that they needed and played greenwood up front or cavani yeah. That these goals would be scored irrespective of Ronaldo. So,
0: yeah, or had a bit more of a tactical coach.
1: Yeah, that too. I mean, but obviously that plays into the Glazers' lack of ambition. Yeah. You know, that's, you know, we've talked about this. We've done it again and again. Yeah. Yeah. Hip play. Like,
0: (laughs) yeah. I might flick it over to the other side of Manchester. Um, City on the weekend. Uh, I think it was, what was it like? Pep's 100, what was it? it was some sort of milestone game in charge. A of milestone game, okay. Yeah, I can't remember what I number it is. It was... 100 sounds too low. It must have been a couple hundred. 100, 100 would know. be too low. Yeah. Either way, they lost. Palace <laughs> ruined it. <laughs> they lost. Patrick Vieira and his Crystal Palace, uh, what are they, the Eagles? The Eagles rocked up and just ruined the party. It was, that doesn't seem too much of a party ever going on at the Had, but um, Palace rocked up. Stole three points. And Connor Gallagher is an absolute machine. Isn't he? Isn't he just? Yeah. I can't wait for him to go back to Chelsea and
1: run their midfield.
0: <laughs> back there.
1: Yeah, he's on loan, isn't he? Is he? I'm pretty sure he's on loan from Chelsea, yeah. Are you sure? I think so. Or did they sign him? I don't know. Should we Google this? Do you want to? I'm going to Google it right fir- now. This will be the first time. on Just... About Palace, yeah, Yeah, it's that they're good, and I've enjoyed watching them play this season. It's definitely different from the Roy Hodgson era. Vieira's making them go after the ball, chase, try and hold it in attacking areas. It's like it's good. It's good to see he's trying to complement the better players they have. Uh, But they've only won two games this season, and both have been against sides with ten men. Yeah, just I'm still not convinced. That they're a top ten proposition, but they're definitely better than they were last. No, season. I
0: don't think so either. I, at the moment, I'm putting them in the like Brighton category from last year, where we saw where, like Brighton were kind of lingering pretty low, but they um, but they always showed signs of the Brighton we're seeing this year. Yeah. Um. So Patrick Vieira's got them ticking a bit. Uh. You know they haven't got the wins they should probably have, but I think there's plenty of good signs there. Um. Compared to what Palace are usually like to watch every season. This is a, a shade different. Uh, just quickly, I did look it up. What do you know? He is on loan from Chelsea. Um, what a surprise. Um, signed for Chelsea in 2019. Um, How many appearances? Uh, out of the, out of their youth team. Played his youth career as Chelsea. Um, since then, he's been on loan at Charlton, on loan at Swansea, on loan at West Brom, on loan at Palace. <laughs> like, this is just Chelsea all <laughs> over, isn't it?
1: Well, you know what? Their fans will call it genius. Yeah. It is whatever. obviously a clear breach of it's, it's is it? Yeah.
0: careful careful accusations. Careful. Yeah, I'm not going to excuse anything. It yeah. is
1: it it's just a monopolization of capital is what it yeah. is.
0: Um while we're on the City Palace game, I guess just uh we're weaving some Champions League into this, but not really a whole lot to say this morning. They absolutely smashed Club Brugge. Brugge. Um yeah. Not really a lot to say there. They just killed him. No. Nah. It was horrible. Killed him. scored the
1: goals, got the XG. Um, There's a lot of the Champions League group stage that is redundant. And this was one of the redundant times. And I mean, you can look across the Champions League now. uh, Sheriff are now in third position in their group. And it just, we really enjoyed those singular moments. But at the end of it, when you realize it's always the same
0: 16 teams qualifying. Yeah. yeah. Um, That was another one, like the inter-Sheriff game was like similar to the City-Burger game where like you watched like a four-minute highlight package of it, and it was just into absolutely smashing shots on goal, like yeah. relentlessly. So <laughs> defending for their live sheriff and like going down three-one in the end. So um, onto the other side, and the at the top of the pile in the English First Division, we just kind of mentioned them briefly, but Chelsea, the only one of the top three to get a win on the weekend. Um, what did you have on Chelsea? You you got some.
1: I just thought it was interesting that uh, Reese James scored both of their goals. Uh, yep. One was an absolute banger and Smash would have been goal net. of the weekend if not yeah. for uh, Mwepe's goal. Yep. Um, but I just I saw this stat during the week. Chelsea defenders are far outscoring their strikers, like, like almost four to one at the moment. Uh, do you think it's a case of it doesn't really matter who scores or is it a flaw, perhaps maybe even a feature of their tactic?
0: I reckon if you go back and listen to last week's pod, you'll hear me answer this exact thing.
1: Do we do this already? When
0: you asked me about (laughs) Lukaku. (laughs) And I mentioned that because they played Havertz up front against Norwich, it didn't really matter. And he was bullshit. He occupied a few defenders. The goals come from somewhere else. It's about winning at the end of the day. Um, And Chelsea win and they win pretty good. They're good to watch. Yeah, they're fun to watch for sure. Do they're fun to watch.
1: So it's probably a bit, bit over the top to spend 105 million on a
0: on a striker that's probably not required. I don't think so because even um, still, like it's still worth having that player there that's got the X factor to gobble up the half chance when it's needed. You know, there's going to be games at some point in this season where Big Rom is the difference, probably. Um, so yeah, we just have to wait and see how it pans out. But yeah. Can't hurt, can't hurt to have him and they can interesting, afford him. So, interesting yeah.
1: take from the uh, Sunder league striker. You, I'm sure you would not like your defenders outscoring you every week. Ah, uh, well, it just wouldn't
0: happen, would it? <laughs>
1: just wouldn't, wouldn't happen. I wouldn't allow it. I think, um,
0: I think a few of the regulars ears pricked up. Take it on myself. Take it on myself. Give me the ball, pull in the net, done. Give it uh, to my feet, I'll do it. I'll do In the fairness, rest. I'm a very different uh, style to big Rom Lukaku, believe it or not. Um, where Lukaku, more Henry, I heard, where yeah, more Thierry Henry. Like <laughs> I'd be able to play up front with Big Rom. I think like we'd work off each other well. Nice. Where where Lukaku is like, you think like power. I'm like times two. Power. Yeah. <laughs> speed. Speed. You know, when I get the speed going, I've got 100 kg running. It's tough to slow down. No, get out of the way. Get out the way yeah, if are going in the net too.
1: If anyone's yeah. in the way, fuck them. They're in yeah.
0: trouble. Yeah, get
1: out the fucking way. Yeah.
0: <sighs> all right. That's all we've got for the English stuff. Yeah. I think so. Oh, Leeds one. Yeah,
1: won. yeah. No, like it was. It was probably the most. It was the worst game I think I've seen
0: all season. Yeah, I watched any a uh, mini of that game. Don't know why. Disgusting. Um, Wouldn't have taken long. Oh no, actually, I did have that on because that was Sunday night. It was wasn't at night. Yeah, yeah. So I did actually have that on, but I was also watching, I was watching uh, Fiorentino, I think. Um, anyway, Dortmund Ajax played this morning in the Champions League. Ajax have they now did. spanked Dortmund twice. I bring this up because uh, Michael Oliver was in charge of this game, Premier League referee, and he uh, mm. was dog shit. Um, <sighs> for anyone that hasn't seen it, Matt Hummel's got a straight red. Um, a terrible, terrible decision. At no point is there any. Con- is- not even anywhere near the guy. In fact, the guy like steps on the guy him. Steps on him, yeah. Um, and then Dorman get given a penalty a little while later, which I think was terrible as well. Like you're allowed to run in the penalty box. There's no rule that says you're not allowed to run. Like, oh my god, it's. I don't really know how to explain it without seeing it, but uh, without yeah. like without you having seen it, but yeah, just definitely a check the highlights, Joe. Yeah, check the highlights. Terrible all around. And then Dortmund did go ahead with that penalty and then just couldn't hold on. Three late goals from three goals in the last 15 from Ajax. But yeah, I just, yeah, yeah, terrible. Do- just, mm, just It <laughs> comes back to our VAR chat because it's like, is there anyone in VAR checking that? And they can check that and deem it not to be an obvious error from the referee. And it's like, what are we doing here?
1: It's it Champions me League think- football.
0: I, lo- I alluded to it last week, but it just
1: makes me. It confirms my belief that the slide tackle is dead. You just you
0: cannot go to ground. You cannot go to ground. It doesn't matter what happens. It's um, it's one of those ones where like he clearly like you can see he like he does he kind of jumps in the air a little.
1: He does, yeah. And he's but but he's going like motion. He's
0: not really anywhere near. It's almost like he's he's like blocking. Know what I mean? He's trying to block the pass. He's not really he's not really close to him at all. The only reason there's contact is because the guy kind of steps into him. Um, the guy tries
1: a pirouette and, and he lands milks on
0: the absolute shit out of it too. Oh so dude. Hummels is actually five rolls. Hummels actually come out later and uh had a few words to say about Oliver. So um he's pretty pissed with the standard of refereeing.
1: Yeah, and as as he should be. It was just yeah. Actually, I've got the, um I've got what he said here. Yeah. Uh he didn't he didn't want to speak to me uh at the time because the cameras were on us but i will ask him later in the locker room what he saw i'm really interested in that and one thing i would like to add the play acting of my opponent should not be ignored yeah. that was extremely unsporting funnily enough anthony even came over to me and said that isn't a red card he himself said that yeah yeah i think that sums it go. up basically yeah i just some, I, sums up. I worry for the slide tackle i worried for the ground challenge
0: yeah poor old salt campbell was uh you know, what can we put out the front for slide tackles when they die? <laughs> a spur shirt? <laughs> um, I don't know. We'll just we'll put something outside. We'll figure it out. We'll uh, figure this out. I don't know if you've got anything else. Uh, Sebastian
1: Harlett's form in the Champions League is yeah. unbelievable. And it yeah. doesn't it make you wonder if West Ham could have got him going, what a side West Ham would be this season? Absolutely. I'll they just, would be um, they'll be top two, wouldn't they?
0: Just another one of those situations where maybe wrong player, wrong time. Yeah, um, you know it happens, it happens. We talk about this all the time. Where like people will laugh about a player not working somewhere and then working somewhere else, and like, oh, you sold him, and he turned into this. And it's like, change in scenery and location can do wonders for a person's like well-being. So yeah, you know, it's their job. It's like yeah. if you're unhappy at your job, and you go to a different job. Yeah, yeah.
1: it always makes things different. Um,
0: Just quickly before we wrap up, I was just going to mention, um, I did watch a fair bit of Italian football. The only thing I wanted to note this week was that Juve are ninth. They lost again. Um, they lost twice. They lost on the weekend. They lost midweek last week as well. Um, to Sassuolo. So Gio Giovanni Simeone scored four last week against Lazio and then rocked up and scored two against Juve this week. Um, some vein of form, but yeah, they sit in ninth. They're now sixteen points off of the top two, which is Milan and Napoli. Napoli top, um, but and then Inter seven points behind them in third. So the the top two kind of a little bit of a break at the moment. If they can keep it going, they're getting away for sure. And it looks like Milan won't play
1: any European football um, beyond this group stage. So probably gives them a great um, yeah. motivation to go for the title.
0: Yeah, they um they definitely won't play Champions League. And um I'd say Europa League's looking pretty dusty too. But they I don't think they're worried. Like I said, I've said on here before, I think Milan's uh idea this year is to consolidate that Champions League spot. For them and Napoli though at the moment, they have to be considering themselves real hot chances to you know to take some uh take some silverware. Uh just quickly into as well, they They've been in a bit of a patchy patchy run, but they were absolutely dominant on the weekend. I can't remember who they played. I watched this game. Udinese they played. Um, it was 2-0 at home, but it was like one of those. It was just a matter of like, when will they score kind of thing. Nil all for a long time. They eventually scored, got to 1-2-0. Two Job done. Easy. Um, and then they came out this morning and absolutely smashed Sheriff away from home. So they might be in back, back in form a bit. And yeah, Italy is exciting as always. Everyone should check it out more. So I'm not the the lone the lone CRI viewer
1: here. Uh, I I like that you're the um the only Italian correspondent in South Australia. <laughs> I'm sure there's others. <laughs> they just don't listen to us. We have to go to the Italian language
0: channel to hear it. Yeah, R A I. Yeah. Hey, but he knows. Anything else for the week? That's pretty good. I think that wraps the lot. Yeah. So we've got uh, um... we've
1: got International Week coming up. Maybe.
0: Last time, we, last time we called international break a week early. Well, you called it a week early. I'm throwing you under the bus for that. Um, yeah, no, but yeah. No worries. Football this week. And then I think Thanks, there's mate. a an international break next week where I think we're, we're going to look at doing a bit of a dif- something different. I'll just say something different. Mm-hmm. Um, different from probably us dragging on. Probably Graham not Martin. next week because next week we'll have football to talk about. But the week after in preparation for football's return, we might have something different. You know, can we, can, space. We sh- can we shit on the Socceroos just a little bit? We will probably end up shitting on the Socceroos just a little bit. We'll shit on Arnie. it um, We love the Socceroos. Little,
1: little forward sizzle it looks like Riley McGree is going to get uh, call cool up after his red hot Birmingham form. Is he? He is because Moy and Rogic uh, Rogic are out.
0: Yeah, got a uh, source. Tom Williams. Stop saying Rogic.
1: I just I know it upsets you. Yeah. <laughs> Fucking done. <laughs> on that note, I'm going to leave it there. Leave it there. Tom Williams on Twitter. He's a good yeah. guy to follow. All right. Ciao. Peace.